I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Welcome to News Du Jour. You may be wondering, why am I, Annie Bowles, here hosting this podcast? Well, I usually start by telling people I'm a political baby. You see, my parents met working on Capitol Hill. By the time I was two, I had been in my first political commercial and even got lost crawling around the West Wing. Don't worry, Al Gore found me. My family then moved abroad when I was nine years old, and I attended an international school with kids from all over the world, and it's this type of global perspective that I also bring to our show. I graduated from American University after studying political science and art history, as well as interning on both sides of Capitol Hill to get a real-life version of what goes on there, and I even interned down the hall from where my parents met. I'm now pursuing a professional certificate in journalism at NYU in conjunction with Rolling Stone magazine. I guess I was always that friend in the group who cared deeply about what was not just going on politically, but globally. I often kept my friends informed through high school into young adulthood, so I guess I've always done a version of this show. I am genuinely passionate about the news, and I'm here to break it down for you every weekday. We strive to be a calmer space to get your news, or as one listener put it, like getting your news from a well-informed bestie. I'm so glad you're here. Okay, guys, so for today, we have three mini stories here at the top that I wanted to let you guys know about, and then we're going to discuss Henry Kissinger's passing for the vast majority of this episode, and not really his passing his passing as much as his legacy. This man was an incredibly influential fixture in American politics, but he also was incredibly controversial, and we're going to dive into the good, the bad, the ugly, and who this complicated person was. Then we have two other stories at the end, a volcanic eruption in Indonesia, and then a few updates on Israel and Gaza. Let's jump in. So yeah, today's a pretty stacked episode. Uh, For our first mini story, Spotify announced that they are cutting 1,500 jobs, and this is obviously a continuation of the tech layoffs that we have seen over the past year or more. A lot of these companies were overambitious when it came to their growth and hiring, and that's exactly what happened here with Spotify. Alaska Airlines also just announced that they have plans to purchase Hawaiian Airlines. The deal isn't completely done yet, but it looks like they would spend about $1.9 billion to acquire the company. A main reason why the deal might not go through, though, is due to antitrust regulations. The airline industry has been 
under a lot of pressure over recent years, as you guys know, due to the pandemic and a variety of other issues. So it is consolidated down already, and this would stand to further consolidate it, leaving less room for that healthy competition. We'll definitely keep you guys posted. And for our last mini story today, I wanted to let you guys know that it has officially been 250 days since Evan Gershwich, a Wall Street Journal reporter, has been wrongfully arrested and detained by Russia. His arrest and imprisonment are a threat to freedom of press everywhere, you guys, and they just keep extending his sentence and It's clear that they are holding him just to use as a bargaining chip somewhere down the line. All of his charges have been kept classified and his hearings have taken place behind closed doors. Our hearts are with you, Evan. He is such a brave man and we have not forgotten about him. So if you think of it and feel motivated to act, sharing a picture of Evan on social media even just on stories or something with the hashtag I stand with Evan can help keep eyeballs on his case and motivate U.S. officials to bring him home. And speaking of international relationships, let's dive into the very sordid past of Henry Kissinger, who just passed away on November 29th. So we need to talk about the passing of a man by the name of Henry Kissinger. This man was a complex figure who ended up in the center of the Watergate scandal that engulfed and took down the Nixon administration. But even though that's what he's primarily known for, he actually served as an advisor to 12 different presidents. He was one of those puppet masters you hear about in D.C. who really worked behind the scenes, maybe not even a household name until he was part of the Nixon administration, but always had a lot of power. He wielded a lot of power. He was appointed to serve as Secretary of State in 1973 Even after Nixon resigned from office, he remained on and served under Gerald Ford. But let's talk about his upbringing and where he got his start in life, because that definitely shaped who he became. So Henry Kissinger was from a German Jewish family that immigrated to the U.S. in the wake of World War II. He was known for his Bavarian accent that made him a little bit difficult to understand at times when he was practicing politics here in the U.S. But growing up in Germany, he was from a Jewish Orthodox family, actually, so super strict Jewish, and they tried to do everything they could to fit into German society as he was growing up. But he was growing up practically next door to Nuremberg, you guys, the Nazi headquarters. So as he was coming of age, he really watched Nazis grow to power. And instead of being brought deeper into German society as the family so desperately wanted, he was finding himself more and more cast out. Henry Kissinger's father lost his job due to the Nazi rise and was forced to relocate just to teaching Jewish children only. This was a huge slap in the face, and eventually, of course, Nazism took over. The war began. Kissinger's family relocated to the U.S., and his extended family lost several family members, including both of his maternal grandparents, according to NPR. 
One of Kissinger's leading biographers made the statement to NPR's Throughline that, quote, the Holocaust has never left him. It's with him. Many people who lived through the Holocaust come to different conclusions, but that doesn't mean it hasn't influenced all of these people who processed that trauma in different ways, end quote. He makes the point that a lot of Holocaust survivors immigrated to the U.S. and then became successful in different fields. They were determined to build a better, safer life for themselves. He only learned English at the age of 15, which is why he held on to that accent throughout his life. Then at age 19, Kissinger joins the army and is officially made a U.S. citizen. According to his biographer, he also then ate his first non-kosher meal of his life while serving in the U.S. Army. But the army quickly swayed him towards intelligence work, and this was for two reasons. Number one, his Jewish ties, and number two, his German language skills. They knew because of what had happened to his family, he would never collaborate with the Nazis. So he made a perfect spy. With his fluent German language skills, he was sent back to Germany to do counterintelligence. And when he got home, it was his fascinating resume that he had just then built that opened the doors to Harvard for him. At Harvard, he made connections with leadership-filled halls, and he had several important mentors that really helped him get into politics in a more direct way. He began writing speeches and memos on behalf of Nelson Rockefeller and essentially becoming Rockefeller's fixer. From there, he worked his way up to the Oval Office, and like we said, he advised a total of 12 presidents in his career and served as Secretary of State under Richard Nixon and his successor, Gerald Ford. Kissinger was also recognized for his relationship to China. He brokered diplomatic ties between the U.S. and China for several different administrations, and it's said that when he visited there, he was treated like royalty. He paved the way for the first major nuclear arms deal between the U.S. and what was then the Soviet Union. But that said, his human rights abuses are vast and widely documented. According to the New York Times, Kissinger, quote, authorized the secret carpet bombing of Cambodia in 1969 through 1970 an undeclared war on an ostensibly neutral nation, end quote. The New York Times reported that this effort killed at least 50,000 civilians. But he also reportedly planned the effort to take out Chile's democratically elected socialist president, Salvador Allende. His heavy-handed role in the Vietnam War also left many Americans with a bad taste in their mouth, This war was obviously widely unpopular and ultimately unsuccessful, very deadly, and humiliating. He approved sending illegal weaponry to East Pakistan when it was very clear that they were waging a genocide. Three million people were slaughtered in that genocide, according to Harvard International Review. It is believed that he did this because Pakistan was helping to broker relations between the U.S. and China. 
He also signed off on an invasion of an area called East Timor by Indonesia's military because they were worried that East Timor would become communist. According to the New York Times reporting, 100,000 people there were killed or starved to death due to that conflict. He even said more than once, quote, The illegal we do immediately. The unconstitutional takes a little longer, end quote. The Vietnam War was probably the most prominent example of the misuse of American power on the global stage. But taking a look at all the atrocities this man had his hands in, people began to look at the common denominator and placing blame on these awful foreign policy decisions on Henry Kissinger's shoulders. Now, whether that blame was warranted or not, I don't think any of us will fully know, but his most recent birthday was celebrated with the likes of Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Michael Bloomberg. Ironically, many consider him a war criminal, and yet he won the Nobel Peace Prize for brokering a peace deal in Vietnam, one that didn't stand and led to further war. To say that he's controversial is truly an understatement. Some say that he was this brilliant political mind, and others say that he was a warmonger who, in the name of peace, waged enormous amounts of violence. This is the man who died this past November 29th in Connecticut. He was 100 years old, and despite it all, we hope he is at peace. So we have two more smaller stories for you guys before we go for the day, the first of which is volcanic eruptions in Indonesia. There has been a deadly volcanic eruption in Indonesia that has killed 11 hikers and left 12 more missing. The volcano began spewing ash about 10,000 feet into the air on Sunday, but there were dozens of climbers on that active volcano at the time. Nearby towns were covered in gray ash and a total of eight eruptions occurred. Indonesia sits right on what's called the Ring of Fire, which basically describes a spot where tectonic plates meet and cause dangerous movements such as earthquakes or volcanic eruptions. But what was different about this eruption was that typically these events have warning signs like smaller earthquakes or magma coming towards the surface and other red flags that you can use as a warning sign. But this one came completely without warning, and if they had had warnings, no one would have been allowed to hike in the park that day, and everyone would have been safe. I always say climate change is going to cause the increase of frequency, severity, and unpredictability of storms, and those are three separate things. Today, it was the unpredictability of this volcanic eruption, this weather event that really became dangerous. The park is now closed to visitors while the natural disaster, search and rescue efforts, and subsequent cleanup plays out. Our thoughts are with everyone affected by this disaster. And lastly for today, I have to issue a content warning. This story involves war. So I do have a few updates on Israel and Gaza before we go for the day. First and foremost, more evacuations ordered. So evacuations on top of evacuations. Many people who fled northern Gaza to the south 
are now being asked to relocate again to avoid being trapped in the fighting. But people are honestly running out of places to go. As we've mentioned before, it's widely reported that 45% of Gaza's housing has been leveled. So now with the bombing picking back up again after the ceasefire, that means at least a million people simply have nowhere to live. And they're not really allowed to leave. You know, we have seen a few people getting evacuated through that, you know, Egypt corridor. But as of now, most people have to stay in Gaza. And so they're simply hopping around from spot to spot trying to stay safe. And, you know, we've talked about it a million times on the show, but this is a humanitarian crisis. People are without water, medical supplies, you know, sanitation, things of that nature. And that brings me to our second part of the story. The WHO's board has set up an emergency meeting to discuss the health situation in Gaza. You know, health, sanitation, and food and water supply are in a really bad place. According to the UN Humanitarian Agency, up to 80% of people in Gaza have had to flee their homes. So this is definitely a burgeoning crisis. And It's really up to the international community to work with Israel to figure out how to alleviate this because it's something that a lot of people are donating to. People want to help, but the aid has to be allowed in. And so that's something that the U.S. is working with Israel to figure out. And we'll definitely keep you guys posted. I also wanted to let you guys know that Bernie Sanders in Congress has stepped up to ask that Israel not be sent a blank check. He is asking that our aid to Israel be contingent on their limiting of civilian deaths. So we'll definitely keep you guys posted because it seems like both the aid for Ukraine and the aid for Israel are kind of being held up in Congress. And this is going to be an interesting sort of chess game to get this legislation passed and these funds sent to these two separate ongoing wars. We'll definitely keep you guys posted. And that is is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, maybe you have been assigned this mountain to show others that it can be moved. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on that platform or a shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us to be able to keep creating the news du jour and reach more people who need a calmer space to consume the news. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar free media. And that is also linked in our show notes. You can follow us on social media at newsdujour.podcast on both Instagram and TikTok. You can follow my personal account at it's Annie Bowles on both platforms as well. Any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup. He has a little separation anxiety and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from Oklahoma.